Hi there everyone, my name is Kylie Shivak and I have some exciting news for you all. Over the past year and a half, Career Chat has actually published 22 episodes with over a thousand listeners total. And it has just been such an amazing opportunity to connect with everyone in the DeSales community from faculty and staff to other students and alumni. And I'm so excited to share with you and introduce your new host, Grace, to the CareerCast team. I'm so thankful for the experience that I've had and also the wonderful people that I've gotten to learn from and listen to their stories. With that being said, I would love to introduce Grace and have her introduce her first podcast as the host. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Career Chat. I'm your host, Grace Wyckoff. I'm a member of the class of 2023 here at DeSales and I'm a career ambassador. Get ready to hear from our professional staff, career ambassadors, members of the DeSales community, and of course, some very special guests. I look forward to all of us learning together. Now, let's jump right into it. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Matt Walton today, um, and we are going to talk about imposter syndrome. So, Matt, I'm so excited that you're my first interview. I saw you were one of Kylie's first, so I think it's so fitting um, that we're kicking it off with you. Yeah, it's really good to be here. And the last time I was on the podcast, I think it was a really positive experience. I think things like this are better explained. It would probably take like a really long article to kind of parcel through all the details of this. So I think it's really good that we have this opportunity to speak about this today. Yeah, I think it's such a great topic. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. So um, just tell me a little bit about yourself um, and your time at the CDC and how you ended up at DeSales. Yeah, so my name is Matt Walton. I'm a senior theology major and philosophy minor. And I ended up at DeSales kind of through a, a strange way of, I have a twin sister who was visiting colleges and she wanted to look at DeSales. And I came along just to be moral support as a good brother that I try to be, and I ended up loving it. And she ended up going somewhere else. So I ended up here and I always knew I wanted to go into teaching. And I was majoring in Spanish because I liked Spanish class in high school. And I thought I would just, oh, go be a Spanish teacher and it would be great. And I ended up not really being too satisfied in those courses. And two weeks into my introduction to theology requirement that I was just taking because I had to, to graduate, I realized that that's what I wanted to do. So I decided to take more classes. I declared it as my major. I added on philosophy. And now I'm actually looking into grad school for theology to keep pursuing this even further. That's so awesome. That's a really cool story. Yeah. So let's jump right into it. What is imposter syndrome? So imposter syndrome is something that we interiorly begin to think about ourselves. And basically what it is, is it's that we're not qualified for where we are. So the formal definition would be feelings of self-doubt and incompetence in various aspects of life among high achieving people. I think a funny example for this, there was a very popular app out last year called Among Us. And the whole premise of this game was that you were in this like simulated world and you all had these little tasks to do. And one to two of the people in the game were not helping you do the tasks, but instead had a different purpose to kind of try and obstruct the mission that was going on. And the whole idea was to figure out who the imposters were. I think that's how a lot of us might begin to think about our careers in that there's this whole group of people who are meant to be there 
And then there's just us and we're not helping the mission. We don't belong there. And we can begin to get these thoughts that we're not worthy. We're not qualified. And like I said, in the definition, this is among high achieving people. So these are people who have gotten the job and they still are just really struggling to see where they fit in that picture. It is something that I think is almost completely internal. So if we have a situation where someone from side is telling you you're not worthy enough, that wouldn't be this, that would be some kind of action from someone else. But this is just something that's really inside our own heads that we begin to tell ourselves that even though we've gotten into that program or we've gotten into that school or have been hired for that job, that we're still not worthy for it. And it's basically one has achieved something yet they still feel unworthy. That's really good. I um, I think this is something so many people can relate to the feeling of like not being good enough, especially even just you hear so many things about social media playing such a such definitely. a role in that um, and impacting people's confidence, which can definitely impact you going for a job and everything like that. Why personally do you like to talk about imposter syndrome? Because I know like in a few other ways um, throughout your time at the CDC, you have worked on uh, things like this. So what what makes you want to talk about it more? I think a lot of the things that we're interested in are things that we struggle with ourselves. And this is definitely something that I have struggled with in my own life of, especially as, like I was saying in the introduction that I'm applying to graduate school and I don't have very many family members who have gone into graduate school. I don't have very, I don't have any family members I know of who are working in theology. And what can begin to happen is comparing myself to other people who are entering into that and just being like, oh, well, they come from families that have this background and, oh, these students seem to do that a lot better than me. And feeling like in this process that I'm not really, like, I don't belong here. And really just having to work through with myself of just, I do belong here. I've gotten the grades that I need to reach these certain benchmarks and just trying to be more confident in myself. But I think that's the main reason why I've decided to work on this, because it's something that benefits myself, but also through my experience in this career development center that I see as something that a lot of our students struggle with too. Yeah. It's so funny you say that. I wouldn't have ever guessed that about you. I think you carry yourself with a lot of confidence and poise. And it's so, it's so interesting to hear you say that. And it's something I've definitely struggled with as well. One of my majors is TV film and I came in with little to no experience. Um, And it's still, I'm a junior now and I like to think I kind of know what I'm doing, but it's still those feelings of, um, you know, wondering if you fit in with everybody else and if you're good enough as everybody else in your class. So I definitely, I definitely relate to that as well. There's a difference between just being nervous or being scared and imposter syndrome. Definitely. How would you clarify that difference? Yeah, I was trying to kind of parcel through this because I think it's definitely the most common mistake with imposter syndrome is mistaking it with fear, which can actually be a good thing. So I would say just by analogy, you're applying for a position and before you even get the interview, there's probably some fear there. And sometimes fear can motivate us to work a little bit harder. It can motivate us to be serious about something, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's irrational. The thing with imposter syndrome is it kicks in when you've already gotten the job. They've said out of however many applicants that there were that you are the one who has been hired and you still don't feel like you belong there. 
And a funny example that I thought of was as a child, I had a lot of just bad experiences with dogs. And now I'm very afraid of dogs <laughs> and I can warm up the, to them with time. But that fear that I have of dogs is because of that experience. Like in a sense, it is rational. I wish I could get rid of it because it'd be a lot easier, but it is based in something that is kind of true from my life. But the thing with imposter syndrome is that it's not really reasonable because you've already achieved what you wanted to. And you're still doubting that you even belong there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've always heard that being nervous means you care and it can be a good thing. Exactly. So yeah, I think that's a really good distinction as well. So what do you feel like are the key um, identifiers and almost like symptoms or side effects of imposter syndrome? Yeah, I would say looking at the second word syndrome, it implies that it's something that happens over a long period of time. So, and also just among many different areas. So I would say just kind of going about trying to see if this is something that you do struggle with, analyzing multiple aspects of your life, an aspect that isn't really relevant for career talk, but with friends, are you part of a friend group that you've been accepted into, they hang out with you and you don't feel like you belong there. You don't feel like you're good enough there. And what I would say is to really identify if this is something that you struggle with. Is it something over a long period of time? Is it, or is it something that's kind of just temporary? Like, okay, maybe the first week at your new job, you, you may still feel kind of this imposter syndrome. And that might not be totally unnormal because maybe there is still some fear. But I would say if you've been working there for two years and you still don't really feel comfortable yet, then I would start to say that maybe there is something along the lines of imposter syndrome that fits. And then the other thing I was saying with, is it in multiple areas? Is it with your classes and your job and friends, family? If this is something that you start to see in many areas, then that could signal that it's imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good distinction as well that it you know isn't just career or school related. It can impact you socially and your self-confidence and just your life in general. So I think that's a really good distinction to make as well. Um, there has been a lot of studies when I was researching imposter syndrome about an extreme rise in, I think it was something like 85% um, of people have been experiencing um, imposter syndrome. And this was around the time of the pandemic. Why do you think there's been either more people identifying that they're struggling with this or just a rise in the syndrome in general? Um, why do you think that is? Yeah. I mean, I think it's been interesting from a career perspective to see how a lot of things have changed with the pandemic and hearing a lot of companies that aren't going back to in-person anymore. They're going to stay completely virtual. And I think that is actually a really big part of it. So some things that I think might kind of lead to this in the pandemic. The first thing I think is a lack of affirmation with online work. So I was talking to a friend about this over lunch today when I was telling him I was doing this podcast. And I was just kind of saying like, you're walking out of a meeting and you're talking to your boss and your boss might say something along the lines of, wow, you're doing so good with this project or you really fit in at this company. But when you're on a Zoom meeting and then the meeting ends, there's not really that time for small talk with your boss or with your other coworkers. And it may lead someone to think that they're not being affirmed. And I think that affirmation is really, really important. Another thing I think 
maybe not as much from the supervisor perspective, but from the coworker perspective, is the lack of friendships that comes with virtual work. And it's really important, I think, to have friends in the office who can tell you really honestly, like, all right, what are you doing? You need to get it together. Like, you're not really doing too good of work right now. And also those people, those friends that will say, you're doing a really good job right now. And that's important, I think, to get that affirmation, not just from the people who supervise us, but also the people who work alongside of us. So I'd say those two things are definitely a really big thing with the the virtual nature of things, kind of saying that we're social beings. And if the technology is taking away the ability to be social, then that could be leading to imposter syndrome in the workplace. Yeah, definitely. I think that you even hear about like the love languages and how people um, receive that all differently. And I think that goes with this really well of if you, you know, feel affirmation by somebody telling you and you're doing a good job, you're not getting that at all. Um, You're very little with uh, purely remote, remote work. There's also going to be a difference in a lot of things between college students um, and older working professionals. Um, Where do you think, how do you think imposter syndrome affects those two groups differently? I think the motivations are almost completely the same with that feeling of inadequacy. And like I said, it's not fear. It's you've been given the position. You're a high achieving individual, but you still feel this way. I would say that although the feelings that cause it are the same, that college students and working people have very different things to try to prove. And I think from the college student perspective, there's a lot of pressure within cohorts. So by that, I mean, like, if you're a dance major, for example, you at a small school like DeSales University, you know everyone in your classes. And likely you feel at least a little bit of competition because there's so many other people among you who are working for the same goal. And you might start to think, well, that person's a much better dancer than me or that person acts much better than me and gets parts in the plays that I wanna get. So I think that's something important. I think like you had mentioned in the beginning that social media is a really big thing. And I think social media is different between college students and adults. I think both use it, but I think for different reasons. It seems like young people are using it more often than adults. And adults tend to like things more like LinkedIn and Facebook and college students are more Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok. And I think if you look at those two groups of social media platforms, they have kind of different purposes. So I think that's definitely something. And then I think just going then to adults, they've already established themselves and not to say that they have nothing to prove because they want to get promotions and they want to do a good job. I just feel like the college student has a lot to prove in a very short amount of time. And there can be a ton of pressure, which can really lead imposter syndrome to take over. While as an adult, maybe with more years in the field, you might have more confidence regarding this kind of feeling that might come about. Yeah. And there's a lot of studies as well about um, college students and your brain just didn't fully develop yet. So you're a lot more impressionable. Um, and that could definitely impact you more long-term, especially if your first experiences at your first job or something, um, that could 
definitely carry over into adulthood, whereas people who are older have a little more experience under the under their belt um, and things to go off of. Um, yeah, no, yeah, that's a really absolutely. good point. So what are, since so many people struggle with this, what do you think are some tangible ways to combat this and overcome this? I came up with kind of two things that I think are really important. The first one being having strong support systems. And like I was saying with the pandemic question, I think what is happening with a lot of the virtual environments is that you're not getting that strong support system. I can think of, for example, my mom started a job in April, 2020. So she has never met anyone that she works with. And that probably makes it really difficult to feel supported by your supervisor and by your coworkers. And I would say like not to totally condemn any kind of virtual work because there's a lot of it that's really noble that what I would do to combat it if you're a supervisor and you are working virtually, you need to come up with ways for people to come together. And that's even just having something on Zoom where it's not a meeting, it's a social hour, something of that sort where people can just start to come together and they can feel supported as people, not just as workers. And then I would say as a second thing, having honest conversations with superiors, if you're feeling this imposter syndrome and people can't read your mind, they might not know that you're experiencing this. And it might be helpful just to be like to your supervisor that you're really struggling feeling like you're making a difference in this position. And I think if you have a good supervisor, Hopefully they either know that imposter syndrome by definition or as a supervisor, they've witnessed it and just say, I, I kind of need some support here. I'm not really feeling very supported right now. I'm having these feelings in my head that I'm not really making a difference. Could I get some kind of feedback on my job performance? And I think it's also good to know that I think the best supervisors are the ones who check in with their employees often to give them that support, to let them know whether it's in a formal meeting once a year or twice a year, or even just those kind of informal conversations that come within a day. Yeah, I totally agree. I just had my um, mid-year meeting uh, for the CDC and it was so interesting to hear about what they had to say and also like validating as well, um, you know, to hear about your performance and see how you're doing. I think also with what you're saying about your support system, um, there's people in your life who I think are outside of work, always going to be honest with you too. And I think listening to those people too, and you get that interview question, um, like how would somebody, how would your best friend describe you? Have exactly. you gotten that one? Yeah. And um, kind of thinking it like that and listening to those people, because it's hard when you're in the middle of everything and you're having all these doubts to really um, distinguish what is imposter syndrome versus what is actually, you know, areas for improvement. So I think that listening to people who really know you as a person as well is definitely a good idea. And there's also some element of just faking it till you make it and faking that confidence. I think if you tell your if you tell yourself something enough times, um, you're gonna start to believe it. And I think that keeping those thoughts um, positive instead of negative um, is definitely gonna be helpful in your overall mindset. And eventually, you'll start to believe it too. So. Yeah. And I think it's good to be merciful with yourself too. Of If you're starting a new position or you're getting a new major, or you're applying somewhere just totally new, it's not going to come easy right away. So I liked how you said, 
fake it till you make it, because I think that is definitely something that is really important of just tell yourself that you're not going to understand everything right away. And at that point, just do what's expected of someone who's just starting out. And you might make mistakes. Actually, you probably will make mistakes, but to kind of pick yourself up and move past them is one option. And the other would be to fall into this imposter syndrome of to start to think that because you're not doing something as well as someone who's been there for 10 years, that you're not worthy. And I think that's kind of a choice that we have to make. And I hope that this podcast helps people to just kind of make the other choice, not the imposter syndrome choice. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think I feel like I have some tangible ways to to go about this now. And I'm really, really glad you brought up so many of these points. I think this is a really, really good um, topic to, to kick things off with. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. I'm so glad you were my first interview. I think it went really well. And I hope that if any people listening to this have any follow-up questions, please come see the Career Development Center. We are in Dueling 121. And we have peer career counselors who are there that Grace and I are a part of. And feel free to come talk to us. And then what we can do is we are happy to listen. And then if we feel like we need to refer you to someone else, we'd be happy to do that. But yes. if any bit of this kind of seems like it resonates with you, please come reach out to us because I'm sure if we polled our student staff, 80% of us have experienced this as well. And I think it's something that, like I said, strong support systems are really important. So don't just close in on yourself with this, but really come see us or see someone that you think will be able to help you come out of that doubt and really see yourself as you truly are. That's such a great point. Yes, we would love to see you guys in the office. Um, we have a lot of people and resources that uh, would be really helpful. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Matt. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Career Chat. Make sure to follow the DeSales Career Development Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat to keep up with all the wonderful things happening, including this podcast. I look forward to seeing you in the Career Center.